Good evening and welcome to Milkshake Monday, episode 142, the powerful it and if statements by Jesus Christ. Now I warned you ahead of time that we are going to have a thick milkshake. There's a lot that I pray the Holy Spirit will allow to be taught tonight. And I hope that you ask God to open your heart and your ears to hear the word of the Lord. Now we're going to start with the Ananias test before we get into the it and if statements of Jesus Christ and how powerful they truly are. The Ananias test, we're going to go to Acts chapter 9, and we're going to start at verse 10. And I'll explain why we're starting with this. Because the whole reason and path and journey that the Lord allowed me to have this teaching, you'll see how it starts with this. Acts chapter 9 verse 10 says, Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias... And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise, and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he's praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming, so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Stop. I am going to use the present day of what's happening now to tell us some things and challenge our hearts and minds for those of us to say that we love the Lord Jesus Christ. Before we get to to any it or if, I want us to start here. Let's say that as Ananias, it's you and I. And we can say to the Lord Jesus Christ, I have heard from many about this man, Derek Chauvin. I've heard a lot about this woman who shot a kid thinking she had a taser instead of the gun she had in her hand. I've heard about this woman that I think she does drugs. I've heard about that man that I think he does crack cocaine. I heard about that spouse of that neighbor who is a wife beater. I've heard about these people that do harm. Just understand that when Christ Jesus was talking to the disciple Ananias about the man called Saul, he questioned back, Lord, I've heard many things about this man. And just like all of us are trying to throw all the stuff, yes, the people that we're seeing in the courts or on the TV are guilty. We're guilty. We could have been handcuffed and taken to hell. But we had a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So before you start saying, oh, they deserve this, they deserve that, point that same finger back at us. What are the evil sins that we've done in the dark, in the light, that we deserve to go to hell? But look at what happens to this disciple Ananias, and I want you to see how Jesus responds. Verse 13 again, Then Ananias answered the Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my 
namesake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of us in this time, I'm telling you because I'm prepping your heart because you come in here thinking, oh, I'm going to get a good teaching so I can just sit on it. No, the time for sitting on it is past. If you didn't hear Reverend Helms teaching for children's church or Bible church or Sunday church, and you didn't hear Reverend Watts talking about, we need to awaken, be awakened. I'm going to read that Romans 13 at the end of this teaching, but we have to awake because there's people who, yes, many will say they've done harm. And guess what? We've done harm, but we were privileged because of the mercy and grace of God to hear from the voice of Jesus like Saul. And I pray that there's some people that y'all talking about on the news, talking with your friends about how evil and ugly. Yes. Saul did some evil and ugly things. Anita Helm did some evil and ugly things. But God didn't come to pat us on the back. He came to tell us that we must be saved. That there's none righteous, no, not one. That for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Well, let me tell you how we got to the powerful it and if statements. Because I kept seeing this man... Derek Chauvin. I kept seeing over and over over the TV saying guilty charge one, guilty charge two, guilty charge three handcuffed, walked out and that guilty in those handcuffs, it wasn't just him it touched my heart to say I'm guilty, you're guilty and before we start pointing fingers to everybody else guilty, we have to remind ourselves that we were guilty of that one and only sin being born and shape it in iniquity from our mother's womb, from that deed of Adam and Eve, from Genesis 3. And that's where you may say, what is the first one, it, that we're going to talk about? Let's go to John 19, verse 30. Y'all know these scriptures. It's just like when your man or your woman says to you the first time, I love you, baby. And you just get so chilled and you're so happy. But when you start to hear some of these scriptures, over and over again. It's just like, it's just, oh yeah, after 25 years of marriage, I love you. Yeah, baby. Yeah, okay, thank you. Can you get the dishes washed? Uh, oh yeah. When you hear Christ's words on the cross saying, it is finished. Does your mind ever say, what's the it? You know, when you write in English, if you just throw it and you don't explain it, the teacher's going to put in red. What's the it? Tonight, I want us to understand more of the it, because as we are being apathetic, lazy, disinterested in the things of the living God, Satan understands that his time is drawing nigh and there's going to be some evil things that are going to start unfolding in front of our very eyes that the nation's TV sets are going to broadcast 24-7. There already have been, but we're just asleep at the wheel. So let's go to John chapter 19. And the verse that you're going to read is 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. What is the it? Here's some clues for you. I put a lot of scriptures in the Facebook, but that's for you to study. 
I'm not a preacher. My husband's a preacher. Reverend Watts is a preacher. Reverend Scott's a preacher. I am a child of the living God. And just like you, some of you who are not preachers, but you're children of the living God. You say you love Christ. You are accountable to study and to learn so that Christ can send you out and you can go and teach and proclaim who Christ is. So let's go. And I want you to have this perspective. You all have heard a few scriptures that you've heard a thousand times. John 3.16. I don't roll my eyes because I'm not saying how important those scriptures are. But just like you've seen them around the, the NFL or the NBA or the MLB. All of these little signs. John 3.16. And y'all like, oh yeah, I know what that is. So what? For God so loved the world. But what does that love have to do with the it? Is, is he talking about God's love? Is that the it? Is that the love on the cross that it is finished? Certainly. But I want y'all to run over to John 12. We're going to be in John a couple minutes. John 12 talks about something that many of us don't understand the power of it because it seems so simple, so trivial. What is Christ saying? But he uses the word it is finished. Who uses it is finished? Only God Almighty who already knows that it is a lot more than a little bit. It is profound and deep and wide. So let's start at John 12. We're going to start in verse 23. But Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, is the it death, the sacrifice of the Son for us? Is it? Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If any man serves me, him my father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose, I came to this hour. He's talking about what's getting ready to happen in John 19. What he's getting ready to sacrifice in the death, burial, and resurrection. The death that's coming. Verse 28 says, Father, glorify your name. Pay attention. Glorify your name. He's just talking about what he's getting ready to do. Verse 28 continues. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have glorified it. Let me say it a few times. I have glorified it. What was Christ is saying? Father, glorify your name. And out of the voice from heaven, the Father says, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. Saints, what is he talking about? The name of the Father. On the cross, it is finished. He's glorified the Father because Satan is accuser of the Father, to the Father, of all of us, saying how sinful we are, how awful we are. But guess what? The Father had a plan back in Genesis 3, 15, to tell Satan, 
that serpent, the devil, about Christ is going to crush your head. And when it is finished on that cross and he gives up his selfless, sinless body and deity mixed together, he's glorifying the Father's name. He's going to be the Lamb of God that takes away the sin and takes away the curse of that accuser who was going to say, hey, you can't do nothing with them people because they're sinners and you're holy and you can't have anything to do with those sinners. They're going to have to go to hell with us and those demons that I rebelled against you with. But what Christ says here, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. Now, we're talking about it and if. We have gotten so focused on me, my, and I that we're not thinking about him. And this if statement that's in John 12 says, if I am lifted up from the earth, it says, will draw all peoples to myself. So why are we having issues where people don't know about Christ? Because instead of lifting up Christ, instead of glorifying the Father, instead of remembering when he said, it is finished, that I have given the blood that is without sin, that I have caused the accuser to shut his mouth because I have given my life because of the love. That's where the, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, but the whosoever's are propping themselves up. We're loving ourselves. Well, you don't believe me. You know, I don't know what I'm talking about, right? Let's go to John 10. We're all in John. Let's make it easy. Let's make it easy. Move on over to John 10. We're always talking about when people die. We're always talking about Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. Y'all know the stuff. When somebody dies, y'all get asked to do an Old Testament or New Testament. We do the same thing, same thing over and over again. People start to roll their eyes even to hear about the shepherd. But let's understand about the shepherd and this it is finished. John 10. Now in John 10, let's go to verse 11. You'll understand that if you read the whole beginning of John 10, you'll understand what he's talking about, the sheep. The sheep know my voice and the voice of the stranger they will not follow. But here's where Christ says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And that's verse 10. Now we're going to verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. You and I are the sheep. But you know what? We're listening to a lot of strange voices. I hear more and more strange voices. And guess what? Strange voices seem to be calling themselves Christians. Strange voices 
seem to be calling themselves evangelicals. But the reality is, if you're not glorifying the Father, if you're not pointing to Jesus Christ, if you're not talking about love and mercy and long-suffering and kindness and peace, but you're talking about junk, God is not up, up in heaven worrying about if you're a Republican or Democrat or Independent. He's not calling you uh, crazy because you're, you're calling yourself a, a red state or a blue state. He's saying, are you glorifying my son? Well, let's go to find out what Christ said at the end of his life that was on the cross. He's still alive. There was something that was done where he said, there's a separation and you have to understand because of the holiness of God, Christ had to sacrifice his life. But that was the first time that the son and the father had been separated. So when you start to see the teachings of Matthew 26 and he's, he's suffering, he's in sorrow because he's never been separated from his father. And he says, father, if this cup can pass from me, but he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. But that separation they had never in all eternity been separated, but because of the love of the good shepherd and the love for the sheep and the desire to glorify his father's name and shut the mouth of the accuser, Satan, the devil, who tricked Eve from the beginning of Genesis 3. She thought that God was a liar. That's why Satan says, oh, God knows God surely knows that you, he, he called the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit a liar back in Genesis 3. And guess what? Eve thought about that thing. And she said, I agree with you. I think God has lied. And I think we're going to eat this fruit. And my husband's standing right here. Yeah, we're going to eat this fruit, baby. Because I think it's good. And I've been pondering it. And I think we should eat it. And that's how it even is with her children. Us today. We're eating from the stranger's hands. And Christ says, a voice of a stranger we won't follow. But why do we have all these people following? Because we're really not ingrained, entrenched with the shepherd. We're playing a lot of games. This sounds real good. But in reality, some of the stuff that's going on, if we really loved Jesus Christ, but we got a lot of traditions of men going on. But let's hear what Christ says about when we have Psalm 22, it's a long scripture and I don't have a lot of time, but I want y'all to understand there's power. He didn't just rise with all authority and power for nothing. He said he would go with us to the end of the age. He would be with us to the end of the earth, but yet we don't want to leave our postmark. If you send us beyond our zip code, we're going to get freaked out. If you send us in the neighborhood, we're going to get freaked out. If you send us to a block that we've never been, if the church says, let's go talk about Jesus, and, oh no, I, I got too many pains. I got too many aches. I don't know what to say. Is that going to be your excuse to God? Well, let's start in Psalm 22. Now, you have to understand that Psalm 22 is long, but it's talking about what Christ was going through on the cross. This is written before you got to the New Testament. This are the Psalms that you have David and the chief musicians writing. So let's start at verse 14 of Psalm 22. It says here, I'm poured out like water 
and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You've brought me to the dust of death. Part of that it is that the Lord's plan unfolded in eternity, and Christ did exactly what his father asked him to do for you and I's sake. Do we got time for him? Verse 16, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. On the cross, he had to separate because the father could not look upon the sin that Christ was bearing on his body that was without sin, but he was bearing it for me and for you and for all of those past, present, and future. But it says here, verse 19, but you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. Now, you all know that he stayed on that cross. He could have gotten off the cross. He could have told, like he told Pilate, I can call down a, a host of angels. And he asked, Father, can the cup pass? But he said, nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, but thou will be done. Thy will be done. And his will... We're going to go to Revelations. I know it's a lot of scripture, but if we don't understand, if we don't understand, we stay ignorant. And God doesn't want us to be ignorant of his word. Go to Revelations chapter 12, and then we're going to do a couple of things. Revelations chapter 12 is going to talk about the lamb, the blood, the perfect blood of Jesus Christ that was able to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Those who want to accept him. It is finished. He did what he was called to do. He glorified the Father's name. He took upon him the death that we deserve. The guilty, the guilty shackles that we deserve to go straight to hell. He took it upon himself out of love for us. But he also needed to shut up the accuser. Who There are stages in this divine plan. And this part that I'm going to read is just part of the stage. Because the end of the story says that Satan is going to be thrown into the bottom of his pit, but he's going to be let out. So this is just part of the stage that he had to be that lamb, that sacrificial lamb, that shepherd that would lay down his life for his sheep. But look what it says in Revelations 12. Let's start at verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old. Remember Genesis 3? Called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He started with Eve and Adam and everybody that's born man and woman has been shaped in iniquity and we're sinful creatures right out of the womb. You can't say I've lived this good life. It's not about being good. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and God cannot have any 
one in his presence who is not holy. And none of us are. So the only way we have access to the Father is through the Son. That's why it is finished was his words. It says here, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren. We're the brethren. We are the brethren. And he accuses us day and night. And guess what? He's got goods on us. He sees the dirt that you and I do in open and behind the scenes and in the dark. But guess what? When you go and you surrender and you repent of your sins and you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, when God sees you, the Father sees you, he doesn't see the sin when the accuser throws it up every day and night about us. It's the son that he sees and he knows that Christ was on the cross and it is finished. He did what he said. God, the father said it was going to happen in Genesis 3 and 15. Verse 10 again. And the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. It is finished. They overcame the demonic force and forces that know that there's a time. That's why the demons yelled at Jesus. Are you here before the time? They know that their time is winding up, but they have to get more and more women and men to go to hell with them and cause them to be foolish to think that there is no God, to think that Christ doesn't matter, to think that God is dead, to think that Jesus is, is some fairy tale. They want more people with them in hell. That's why they accuse day and night. But it says in verse 11, they overcame. That's part of the it is finished. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death therefore rejoice O heavens and you who dwell in them woe to the inhabitants of the earth and to the sea for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time okay saints we got to get something straight we think that we have all the time in the world. And guess what? I mean, I, the one thing that I have recognized with Rev being sick, that people in this situation of sickness and disease want to cling to every minute, hour, day, year, month, whatever, to stay here. It's obvious because as I see every medical practitioner over and over again, they don't understand I think they think I'm a nut sometimes because I'm not, I understand that if and when, it's not an if, when I go home to be with the Lord, Reverend goes home to be with the Lord, you go home to be with the Lord. If we believe in what this Bible teaches us, if it's tomorrow, if it's tonight, it's, to, it's months from now, days from now, I believe Truly, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That this shell, 
that's falling apart, that's aching and, and having things happen, it's not going to heaven. That shell is going into some dirt, some, some furnace, and it's going to go back to the dust. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes. You all know it. But somehow, we think we have a long time. And we're just acting and asleep at the wheel as though we have a long time. But guess what? Those demons and Satan understand that their time is short. And there's only a finite amount of time. And they don't know what it is because only the Father knows when Christ is going to crack the sky and return. And only the Father knows the divine timing of how the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are going to have this whole divine plan unfold. But we don't know. But we act like we have all the time in the world. That's why when I was going to wait till the end, but I want to say it now. Reverend Watts taught about it. If you, you ask who the people teaching, forget about what you see in the person teaching, the outside appearance. It's the heart that God looks at. Look at the word of God that the men of God, the women of God are proclaiming. You can get caught up in the size of this church, how big and how powerful you think they are. But if they don't have the power and the almighty God working in them through the Holy Spirit, it's not us. We are nobody but who God is speaking through us through his spirit. It's his word that's powerful. It's his word that's sharper than a two-edged sword. That's the sword of the spirit. It's not, you're looking at the vessel. Look at God. Okay. I'm going to repeat what Reverend Watts taught because before I go to the last couple of scriptures, and I know I'm getting long, but you're going to have to give me 10 minutes. Romans 13 verse 11 says, and this was said at church. So if you didn't see the teachings from last Sunday, you need to go back. It was only a day or so, so look for them. It says in verse 11, and do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day. Not in revelry and drunkenness nor in lewdness and lust. Not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Jesus Christ put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust now there's a lot of ifs I just did one before in John 12 if I be lifted up I'll draw all peoples unto myself there's an if two ifs one about praise you know that when Christ was coming into his triumphant entry he said that if we didn't praise him the rocks would cry out we have to get back to praise but here's the one thing that i wanted to end on it's about faith let's go to luke chapter 17 verse 6 we we always know and hear about this mustard seed and even during palm sunday uh thank you winnie she gave us a palm but there was also something in a little container with a seed and was a mustard seed and when christ uses this expression that if we would have the faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed all that we could do all that we could 
have him through his spirit do through us. But we don't even have the faith of the size of the grain of a mustard seed. And if you see it, it's like a speck. What's wrong with us that we can't even have the faith of the size of a mustard seed? But he said, if we would just have that level of faith. Saints, we got to do something different. We really have to do something different. We have to make a change. So verse, chapter 17, verse 6. Read the whole chapter. I can't read it all because of my time. So the Lord said, if you have, if, 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 two little letters, if, conditional, What's your problem? Why can't you share the message of Christ? Why can't you trust God? Why can't you move forward? Why can't you run the race? Why you got to be on the spectator side? Why? Because he says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, and some of the translations, the size of the grain of a mustard seed, you can. I, I don't even know how you make that any simpler. He says, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. We, we are focused on, I want to get my kids saved. I want to get my grandkids saved. I want to get a bigger house. So I can keep all the kids and grandkids kids living in it. I want to get a bigger car so I can carry all the kids and the grandkids in it. I want to be able to get more money so I can buy more things for the kids and the grandkids. We're so focused on self, 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 self. And our sphere of familyhood that we're not thinking about who Christ came and died for. And that is those who do not know who Christ is. But saints, the reality is. We know it's impossible to please God without faith. So what is it we're doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? We are at the part where Christ is saying in the scriptures to awake that the time is drawing nigh. Satan knows it. Do we know it? He's told us so many times. I call it my tagline at the end of the teaching that the harvest is ripe. It's plentiful, but the labors are few. I can see whether it's uh, podcast numbers or Facebook numbers. I can see my teachings. I can see Reverend's teachings, Reverend Watts' teachings. I can see teachings from all over the globe of all the ministers of the gospel sharing about who Christ is, sharing about the urgency of salvation, about the repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But people are like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. It don't bother me. It don't matter to me. I think we get the idea that the Bill Mars of these entertainers who think that God is dead and God is that doesn't matter and also but they are what Christ says in the word of God. They are fool. It's a fool that says there is no God. But I don't want any of us, any person under the sound of my voice, to find themselves in hell because they want to do the work of Christ, the ministry of Christ, 
the Lordship of Christ, they want to do it their own way. There is no own way when it comes to the things of God. You do it either by these 66 books of the Bible, or he's going to say, he's not going to get off his throne to let you make up a new guideline for how, how his salvation works. Because they have this plan, and it's been, it's been known since eternity. And just like our mom and dad's, mom and dad Eve tried to do their little fig leaf coverings. You can't cover. You can't make your own coverings. It don't work. And you find yourself hiding and God going to find you out. He's going to say, uh-uh, that don't count. I'm going to cover you with the skins of animals. I'm going to cover you with Jesus. Because if you ain't getting, if you're going to, if you're going out of this world, which all of us will, and you don't have the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the earth, you are going to find yourself at the great white throne judgment, which is for the people going to hell. That ain't a good thing because it's the great white throne judgment. That's a bad thing. That's where the people that have rejected the Lord's Christ. And it says, kiss the son lest he be angry. And you don't want to find out that you've gone through this life and you have been a fool because you have thought that you are smarter than God and have God say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. So I pray that something has been said to get you to want to study, to get you to want to go and read for yourself. I put a lot of scriptures down there. You can't, I'm not telling you that you have to memorize, you have to read them all at once, but go and start to study for yourself. Go to ask God to help you to learn and to, to grow in your relationship with Christ. We need people who are not on the sidelines, but are willing to share who Jesus Christ is around this entire world. That may be your very purpose. Nobody says you have to be some big time preacher or bishop. It's not about all that. He just wants to use what he's put in you, what he's fashioned in you from your birth. I never understood why God gave me a passion for medicine and law and all these things that he's done. Why he lo I love to teach from since I was a kid playing with dolls. I understand that. But now I understand that whatever he put in me, he wanted me to use for his uplifting of his kingdom, uh, uplifting of his son, to glorify the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I pray every day that God will allow me to do more and more to share what thus saith the Lord. Regardless of how Reverend feels, how the kids are acting, what's going on with job, what's going on with all the stuff that's around me. Those are the cares of this world. And I love my family like everyone loves their family, but not at the expense of not doing what the word of God asked us to do. And that's to share Jesus Christ. I love you and Lord willing, I will see you next week.